0: Hello and welcome to my Kingsman, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC within. Uh Now, due to fixed scheduling, uh, you are in for a treat because we have got not one but two games to look back at today. Um, firstly, Saturday's uh, 3-0 win over Brighton in WSL and last night's 4-0 win over Paris FC uh, in the Champions League. Uh, now, it's been quite a busy month for Chelsea. Uh, five games across three competitions in just over two weeks. Um Luckily, Chelsea have won all five and without star striker Sam Kerr. So uh, the the title of tonight's show, this evening, is Went to Moking's Meadow, episode 118, January Blues. Uh, and luckily, it's not just me, uh, your host Dean, uh, with you tonight. We've also got two fantastic guests, Um, the fantastic Sophie us. Sophie, good to see you. Good evening. Thank you for
1: asking me on again.
0: Yeah, fresh from the trip to Paris, which we'll be learning more about in part two. Um the always excellent Simon Kingman. Simon, good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you, Dean Good to see you, Sophie. Uh good evening everyone. Yeah, got to sit in front of Simon on Saturday, which was a nice surprise.
2: Yeah, yeah. sorry about that. Sorry about
0: that. No, very much enjoyed it, the experience. Uh now remember you can listen along to the show live on Mixlov. It's M I X L R dot com and search for making Kings Meadow. Uh you can join in the chat page with the show so as we talk we type in here and I'll we'll read some out as we go. Um I didn't tweet out that we were recording tonight, so that might be quite quiet, but we'll we'll carry on regardless. Uh and also remember if you are listening on the Went to Kings Meadow uh podcast feed to leave us a nice five star review and help spread the word that we are publishing there. So if you don't want to listen to the men's shows on the fancast, um you can listen just to us on Went to Kings Meadow. Uh, We'll be back after this short break to get into all the action from Saturday's win over Brighton. Saturday evening, uh, my one away game of the season because it is local to where I live, uh, Crawley, uh, Town's ground where Brighton play their home games for now. Uh, Chelsea lining up in a four-two-three-one formation with Hannah Hampton in goal, a back four of Iparase, Jess Carter, Nathalie Bjorn, Neve Charles, uh, Aaron Cuthbert, and Melly Llewellyn continued their partnership in midfield, with Hannah Risin, Cameron, Frank Kirby, and Guru Wrighton supporting Lauren James in attack. Emma Hayes made um. Four substitutions in this game. Uh, Aggie Beaver-Jones coming on for Camrid, uh and new signing Mayro Ramirez coming on for Lauren Jones in the 67th minute. And then in the 79th minute, uh, Sophie Ingle and Shekin Luskin replaced Cup and Liverpools in the midfield. Uh, that left Misovic, Fischel, Lawrence, Mielder and Buchanan as unused substitutes in this game. Uh, Stats-wise, Chelsea had 68% possession, 20 shots, 9 on target, 8 corners and 9 fouls. Uh, to Brighton's thirty-two percent possession, six shots, two on target, one corner, and six fouls. Uh, before getting into it, you know I didn't know this until I read your new article, Sophie, in Kings Meadow Chronicle about the captain's armband and um, Neve wearing it because Emma sees her as a future leader.
1: Yeah, it seems to be what Emma's saying in her comments um, that she wants to put that pressure on Neve and Erin at the moment, so that they've got people there to support um, Millie. And it's not just all down to Millie all the time. And it's Erin. You know, I can see, but I, I, I personally, I was quite surprised that that Neve is is one of those people that she sees. But there's also she obviously sees leadership in her, so it's great.
0: Yeah, well, we know we've got you know Liverpool's Ingle, you know leaders of their national teams. Erin, uh, as you said, Jess Carter, someone I also thought could be a leader of the team. Um, but interesting isn't it, Simon that that Emma sees that in Neve when perhaps you know supporters haven't and maybe they thought it was a contract thing that she got to wear the armband.
2: Yeah, it was um what was it the Man United game, wasn't it? She first got it. And we were all we were all surprised about it, but definitely deserves it. Her and Erin. And she just seems to be maturing game by game. Neve. Just really impressed with her at the moment and her sort of off field, the way she her character's building and becoming really, really confident in herself. I know um, somebody suggested maybe it was a, a bit of a softener for Jesse going that they've given her the the arm bent as well.
0: Yeah, but I don't she, think Emma does softness to be
2: fair. No, it's true,
0: true. Yeah, but good. See, it hasn't weighed her down. Uh, sometimes the arm band uh, does weigh heavy on some players, but she's continued her good performances uh, at left back. Uh, and I suppose the other thing, Sophie, from the start of the game, was you know, Emma seemed to have learnt a little lesson and played James as the 10 and pushed Kirby up as a striker. And without you know, Fisher or Ramirez on the pitch, seemed to work a lot better for us.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it a matter matter which position Lauren plays, she's going to play superbly well. I think she's probably, until Ramirez came on the pitch, she's probably the best person that you're not going to get the ball off of if you play her up front as a nine. But I think she definitely adds more to goal-scoring threat when she's behind that striker or coming in from the wing. Um, Kirby has played there before um, and she didn't do badly in that role. I, I think, though, that when we were obviously going a lot further forward, the difference that a proper striker on the pitch came on in the second half, we could all see the difference. So... Yeah, excited to talk about Ramirez, actually, uh, later in the show. Um, but, you know, Simon,
0: we've mentioned this for the last two shows now, You know about Chelsea starting the games very well, and you know, there was attacking the other end to where we were sitting. Uh, but Ryan right hit the bar. Um, she missed a great opportunity from a Kirby pass. Uh, she set Kirby up in a similar fashion that she missed as well. You know, it was a sort of a strong opening half from Chelsea. I know Brighton puts under a little bit of pressure, but, you know, you look at the stats, um just two on two shots on target, sorry. Um Chelsea certainly held them at arm's length.
2: Seemed to be a really, really good start, didn't it? They were yeah, they were coming at us. Um not really what you'd expect for a Chelsea and Brighton game. No, we sort of mentioned it last week on the uh the Friday show. Had a, a bit of a bogey team, but yeah, sort of settled into it and did well. Did well. It was a, a really, really good game. I'd look forward to it all day, to be honest with you, and working and then sort of getting there. And it's a nice away game, isn't it? But not an away game. It's a bit closer for us to get there as well than it is King's Meadow. Well, it
0: certainly is for me, because it's... Yeah, about, that's right, Yeah. But um for me anyway, um Chelsea could play there every week, it'd be much better. Um and Sophie always know when a manager's happy with a first half performance even if they don't score, and that's when they don't make any subs at half time. Uh, and Emma didn't do that. I I maybe was expecting maybe one, uh, but she didn't do that, and you know, she was proven right uh, as always, because Lauren James, you know, opened the scoring pretty much straight away after half time.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were discussing it at half time. We were stood there um, thinking, well, do we make any changes? Do we keep it the same? Um, I said to keep it the same. Some of the people I was with disagreed. Um, and yeah, she, uh, I and Emma were proven right. Within sort of like 56 seconds or something stupid like that, James had scored. And what a goal that was. I mean, she only seems to score good goals, doesn't she? It, it is, what a She's having her own goal of the season competition this year.
0: Well, someone needs to for Chelsea um, because yeah. the bench team certainly aren't providing any uh, competition for that. Uh, and Simon, it was so sort of nonchalant the way she just placed it in the top corner like it was nothing. Um, and then we said after the game, you know, they're not teaching her that. You know, that's just Lauren James and uh, another another game where she is sort of the star.
2: Absolutely fantastic! And don't it's one of those goals where you you watch it. And you see it, but then you don't really appreciate how good it was until you've seen sort of a couple of replays of it. But just the left foot, second goal was her right foot. She's just superb. Could spend sort of all game just watching her, really. And and she just, like we said before, she makes the game look so easy. Yeah,
0: I mean, I took my son Charlie's first women's game and the only other match he's been to was... Uh, Chelsea Man City men where it's four all. So I think he had a high expectation of uh lots of goals are gonna be scored every game and it was it was nil nil half time and I've mentioned Lauren James already in the first half that she was the best player. Um and then for her to score and then we got the three goals obviously down our end uh was good for me uh in trying to convince him to follow uh Chelsea. Uh we're still working on that of course. Um he really enjoyed it, didn't he? Yeah he did. He, he, don't sit still which is annoying for someone trying to watch the match. Um but, um, yeah, he did enjoy it. Uh, and then Sophie, you know, all five foot of Fran Kirby scores a header. Um, and I've been be very worried about Fran. You look like she's lost a bit of pace, but um, everything about the goal instincts. just instinct. You know, she knew where to move and where the goal was to flick it on and get the goal, and you never lose that, do
1: you? No, you don't. Um, yeah, I think whether it was confidence, whether it was her trusting her body again, she hasn't looked quite the same Fran this this season, but she's getting more and more like that. And I would say, I think that goal, and again, moving slightly forward, the goal last night is really going to help her in that. And the fact that she had 90 minutes under her belt at the weekend as well, um, means that I think that's the, what, only the second or third time this season she's just played 90 minutes. So that's going to help build her confidence. And hopefully we get back the fram we all love um, to see, terrorising defences for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, it, it's good to see. And again, I think after the goal, and whether it was linked to Ramirez coming on or whether it was just the confidence, I thought she looked a different player. She looked, she looked much more like the Fran of old.
0: Yeah. I mean, Sam, what did you make of, of, of Fran? Because um, when she played, I'm trying to think of the game, when she played as the 10, you know, Chelsea looked a bit sort of not sluggish going forward, but not their best. And then when it swapped with Lauren James in that role, it, we looked a lot fresher Um obviously she's had injuries and illnesses and it's harder the older you get to come back from them. Uh, not that Fran is particularly old. Um, but lots of rumours circulate about her, but obviously we all want her back to her best.
2: Yeah, yeah. When when you see her, there's sort of a couple of things that she did and you, you think is this sort of the beginning of the end of Super Fran. Um, she's... I remember being at the uh, the West Ham game where she injured her knee last season and sort of said to her, you know, we need to wrap you up in, in bubble wrap, really, and just protect you. Because there are... She is brilliant. And there are flashes of brilliance. It's, it probably is age catching up on her, injuries catching up on her. But we, we still need her in our team, that's for sure.
1: I think when she plays that 10 role, she sees passes and uses the ball like nobody else does. So whilst we're saying... The old Fran. I think what we're expecting is this this dynamic runner who scores lots of goals. We're actually what we're seeing now is we're seeing a more intelligent passing Fran that sits there and and chooses the right pass and doesn't lose the ball and plays the ball forward. And I think we've got we need to adapt our way. That's the, the way Fran's that's the way she plays for England. And you notice her when she's playing and then she doesn't play, that's when you notice the difference. You don't notice what she does when she plays until she's then not playing and somebody else is trying to do that role.
0: Yeah, very valid point. And obviously Chelsea need her right now. You know, Macario is not quite fit. Ramirez new into the team. Um one I'm not sure about. Uh, and Lauren can't play every game either um, um, because of her you know, fitness. Uh, so, you know, we do need Fran and hopefully she stays fit and healthy and she feels that she can provide again for us this season and next season as well um, going forward. Um, and that's... Simon, sort of, it was a 15 minute spell where Chelsea sort of blew Brighton away, and you know, Lauren James finished it off with a another great goal this time, a, a half volley, uh, picking up a loose ball sort of the edge of the box.
2: Yeah, I uh, sort of briefly watched it. I know when you, you put the message out, you were just watching the highlights. So I thought I'd, I'd check out the goals again, and, and then another cracker right foot as well, just left foot, right foot. There's nothing she can't do, is there, really? Though we've not seen a header, have we, from Lauren? Fran's getting all the headers. Yeah, perhaps that's something she could uh, try and improve. Her heading ability.
1: Yeah, she scored a perfect hat trick, so she must have scored a, hat- a header at some point. I can't remember when that was.
2: Yeah, I yeah, can't remember.
1: No, I can't.
0: <laughs> what happened last night? Um, so expect me to remember something that happened a few weeks ago, or months ago. But, um, no chance. Um... And then I suppose, Sophie, the, the game was won with that goal, 3-0. I think Brighton then made a triple sub, but made no difference whatsoever. Um, but Chelsea made a sub, and it was the new signing, Mayra Ramirez, who signed the day before. Um,
1: for me, a debut that had everything apart from a goal. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she just looked a different, different level uh, when she was on the pitch. Um, the ball stuck to her. She's got good, close control. Um she was virtually impossible to lose off the ball. Um she could run with it. She seemed to have she I think she had a couple of shots. One was on target straight at the keeper, another one was sort of I think wide or high. But yeah, she's a really exciting player. And I think I think she's gonna be one of those players that we as Chelsea fans absolutely adore, but the opposition are gonna hate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean Simon, you know, lots of talk about the new players settling in, uh, language barriers, but after one just one training session, she looked like she knew some of the habits of some of the Chelsea attackers and, and that's very promising.
2: She looked fantastic, didn't she? Really, really did. Um, I know Rob was speaking highly of her and boy, he was right, wasn't he? Some of those touches and her pace. Um it before they were talking, weren't they? And I said about Hannah Hampton being fluent in Spanish and Emma Hayes speaks Spanish, so... I'm sure they'll get their instructions through to her. But uh, yeah, we've got one hell of a player there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Erin speaks Spanish, but with a
0: Scottish accent on it. Um I don't know how Spanish that is. Um
2: dry beefer, I suppose, is it during yeah. the the,
1: summer, the spent summer with some Barcelona players last summer, I think. Uh so I Mia mean, probably speaks Spanish as well after eighteen months in Mexico, so I think that's would quite and Čanković from when she was at Barcelona. So I think there's probably quite a few Spanish speakers within the squad.
0: Yeah, and everyone learns English pretty quick, I think, uh, these days. Um, I'm sure Chelsea are working on that.
1: Um, But yeah, excited to see more of her. Um, I'm sure we will uh, in the week. Although she will be going off to the CONCACAF Gold Cup, won't she? Because Colombia are playing in it.
0: Of course. When's that start?
1: Uh, After the City game, I think we'll lose... I was going to say Jesse then, but we won't lose Jesse. Um, Ashley, Kadisha, Myra Ramirez, and if Mia gets called up, she'll go as well, I would imagine.
0: City's in after break anyway, isn't it, for a couple of weeks?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's when we come back from the international break that we'll... Yeah, I mean, um... it depends how Colombia go. If Colombia don't get out of the group stages, then we'll get her back pretty quick, maybe within that two-week period. So, we'll see.
0: Well, hopefully, you know, she plays well. Um, but, yeah, all international football is bad, as we know on this show. This show Adam and all international football is bad, uh, so the quicker they all get back, uh, the better for us. Um, I just wanted to mention as well, I know you mentioned it a bit earlier, Simon, you know, but it was you know, a really good atmosphere for the away game, and when I, I come in quite late, actually, um, how packed the stand was with, with Chelsea, and I know it, it is quite a close you know, game for us, but still, uh, not many teams travel as well as, as
2: Chelsea do. No, um, it was like a war, wasn't it? Behind the goal, I, I was surprised that we had that many behind the goal. I think our, our section section was the season ticket holders, wasn't it? And then um, they sold the standing tickets as well, but it, it was cracking. Okay. Even though it's was... right.
1: To choose, and I actually chose standing when I was a season ticket holder. Uh, well, I
0: standing yeah, ticket, what...
1: so yeah. Well, we'll we at more than
0: one. We only have one block this year, Block A last year we had more and it was
2: just standing. Yeah, we had lots to the left didn't we as well, yeah, 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 yeah. Even so the Brighton kids were uh, were quite amusing. Well, one I of them as well, yeah. One
0: Brighton kid uh, who doesn't know the full name yet of Brighton on Hove Albion, uh, but she's getting there, that's for sure. Um, I did do a play of the match for this match because I did watch it and I was there. Um, Carter got 4%, Cup at 7 Kirby 12 uh, James 77, uh, which was more runaway safety than I actually thought. But, um, you know, when you
1: score two goals, you do
0: tend to win these things.
1: Yeah, um, I, as always, I thought Erin was brilliant. Um, but I think Melanie is, is just as good as Erin at the moment. Her calmness and the way she plays. And comp- I think she compliments Erin really well as well. So I probably would have given it to Melanie, even though she wasn't on your listing.
0: Yeah, but that is what you always do, Sophie. That's why I put the <laughs> out for you um, so you can have your own one. Um, yeah, I mean, Simon, I know you hate goal scorers winning these awards, but I think it was justified in the end.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I actually voted Erin because that's what I'm going to do from now on just vote Erin. She'll get it eventually.
0: Yeah, well, it's close. I to the, thinking... the player of the month is actually close. Um, yeah, I-, I
2: think I voted for Erin for that as well. Yeah, I remember looking at you and thinking, right now, what do I do for player of the match? Do I vote for mm-hmm. Lauren because she scored two goals, or do I go, do I go head, or do I go heart? So yeah. I went heart.
0: Yeah, Erin had a great match as well. You get in the top four players of the game um, because she played well.
2: Yeah, Luke Powell, she she played really really well as well. I like that combo.
0: Yeah, got a good slap on the head from Neve Charles as well. Um you can not see that it's pretty funny um, talking off Kings Meadow Chronicle uh, issue 9 will be available on Sunday the brand new edition uh, I haven't published it live yet on the website which I will do probably tomorrow uh, it features a host of fantastic writers including uh, Sophie and Simon who will be tonight uh, both excellent articles this edition uh, the front cover is dedicated this month to Hannah Hampton Chelsea's number one uh, very thankful that Emma picked her to start against Brighton Uh, because it went to print before Uh, it was going to print that the day after. So uh, if she didn't play, it's going to be a whole new front cover. But thankfully, she does seem to be Chelsea's number one. Uh, You can get your hands on yours, uh, obviously, at the Everton game on Sunday at Kings Meadow. Uh, If you can't make it there, uh, head to kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. You can order a copy uh, or you can subscribe or get a PDF subscription as well. But all the options uh, are there. Uh, we're going to be right back after this to look at the Paris FC match. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Uh, welcome back to part two. of went to King's Meadow uh, time now to look at the Paris FC match uh, yesterday, which was Tuesday, uh, as we record now on Wednesday. So Chelsea obviously travelled to take on the mighty Paris FC, player of the mighty Wolfsburg and Arsenal uh, in the qualifying rounds for this um, Chelsea lining up in a 4 2 3 1 formation with Muzovic in goal. Uh, Ashley Lawrence, Maramiada, Katichi Buchanan, and I Se is a back four. Jerka uh, and Sophie Ingall partnered each other in midfield with Frank Kirby, Ylena Czankovic, and Aggie Beaver Jones supporting me official uh, in attack. Uh, Emma made uh, three subs, according to my messy handwriting. Uh, Ritson Cameron and Guru and came on for Kirby and Kankovic in the 64th minute. And Neve Charles replaced the Say in the eighty-second minute. That left just Hannah Hampton, Jess Carter, Lauren James, and Aaron Cuthbert as unused subs. As uh, Chelsea just traveled with a small squad uh, over to France. Um, stats-wise, Chelsea had fifty-eight percent possession, six shots, four on target, two fouls, and uh nine corners. I think that's that way around. No, that must be corners. Two corners and nine fouls. I didn't write out what it was. Uh, Paris FC with forty-two percent possession, fourteen shots, one on target. Five corners and uh, twelve fouls. Uh, uh, now, something I know a lot of people were upset that there was no academy players uh, involved. I know Katie Cox, the goalkeeper, travelled, uh, but none on the bench. Chelsea really through, um, but should really, people be really upset about that? I mean, it's still a Champions League game that you know Chelsea want to win for the momentum.
1: see people's point of view but then with the announcement that Keris Brown has gone on loan to Watford today it kind of makes sense that she didn't travel because there obviously that was in the pipeline I don't know if there's a pipeline loan for some of the others or I think there's a, an element of Emma doesn't take players if she doesn't think they are gonna be of use on the pitch that sounds really harsh um just for just for sort of to come along for the experience and I don't think the Champions League is a different kettle of fish to the WSL, and with two games coming up against Sunderland and Crystal Palace, I think that's probably a more realistic opportunity of seeing these players. But again, Kerris Brown's on loan at Watford. Uh, Amy Claypole's gone down to Lewis, so there's only really a shantiac Pan, I think, who's who's around. I mean, obviously Aggie Beaver Jones started, so it's not there was one academy player on the pitch and played ninety minutes, so
0: yeah the time it is worth mentioning that the academy had a game on Saturday uh, against Arsenal in in the cup semi final which they won uh one I believe um but you know if you look at the squad you know there's enough players to rotate you know Kankovic we haven't seen for months um you know there's enough first team players there to cover these sort of matches
2: yeah it was um sort of our like b team really wasn't it and I remember looking at the bench, thinking, "God, that's some bench." I tweeted that it was um, would have made a good 5 side team. But good to uh, good to see some of the other players. Kenkovic was she was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, as Sophie mentioned, you know, we've got Palace and Sunderland coming up, so um, hopefully, you know, whoever left around the academy, I know it's the deadline, perhaps the deadline day today. Uh if any of them can make uh, an appearance there, I'm sure they will. Um and speaking of uh, Kankovic, uh Sophie, she made it sort of an instant impact, um, with a great cross for the now airily dominant Frank Kirby to head home uh, and open the scoring and I think that's what we've missed, you know, what that Kankovic can provide.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um she's just got that ability to to spot the the movement, the players, put that pass in or that cross in. Um Low Brock, break down a low Brock a little bit easier with that pass as well. Definitely missed it. Um, and hopefully now she's played that, what, 60-odd minutes that she played, 70 minutes that she played last night. We can see that she is fit and she'll be back in the squad and either starting or, or getting some minutes from the subs bench more now because she definitely makes a difference when she comes on the tip. I can't remember her coming on and not having an influence on the game or starting the game and not having an influence on a game that she's played in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm you know, a, a big fan of her, uh, son I'm, I'm sure you are as well. Um, you know, nine minutes in, you get an assist. You know, I think it's a valid message to send sending
2: to the manager that maybe
0: she should be looking at you a bit more.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. She was um, surprised to see her because I'd seen a few rumours that she might be leaving as well, but definitely justified her place in the team. That left foot, is something really, really special about a left footed player. Just the, it looks so much more skillful and, and the finesse of it. And that second ball she put in for Fischl, I've watched that again. Oh my God, what a pass. Like, say, coming on in impacting games, that Arsenal game last season was, was proof of that. That ball she put for Sam Kerr.
0: Yeah, abs- absolutely. I think with the left foot, I think it's because you know how bad you are with your left foot. So when someone else can actually kick with their left foot, um, it yes. doesn't <laughs> does matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree okay. with that. <laughs> um, but so for me, you know, the, the the message of the game lies in those stats. You know, Paris with fourteen shots but one on target. Um, we were, I don't know, say lucky, but you know, grateful uh, that they were so wasteful with their chances.
1: Yeah, I think there was two really clear-cut chances they had. The rest of them, I think there were sort of slightly more half chances. And I think that goes down to how well we defended the penalty box last night. Um, I'm not sure we defended ahead of the penalty box very well, but I think we defended our penalty box very well and made it difficult for them to get clean contact on shots or at least get shots on target because we're putting blocks in and blocking the players and the ball and that sort of stuff, which I think is really promising because I think before Christmas, we we were struggling with teams that would do that, but we seem to have improved our defensive way. And Emma said that they worked on that in Morocco, and I think think we are seeing that come through this se- uh, this sort of this half of the season already.
0: Yeah, a lot of the Paris moves were sort of run through the midfield, uh, and that f- sort of front free behind Fischel um, seemed to cause us problems. Um, but you know Chelsea. You know, on the other side of that, Simon, uh, six shots, four on target, and they scored four goals, you know, just the clinicalness of them. And, you know, the second goal coming, uh, for me, is what I love about Aggie with jones is, you know, everything's always positive with her. And she wants to run in behind, uh, whereas when you've got right and she wants the ball to her feet, and although she's fantastic, I do like players running in behind, and she did that, and find, she found Kankovic, who, as you mentioned, that cross uh, to Fischel. Uh, was superb and, and that was a, a great move. And I'll just say a little thing about the goalkeeper because I know she got a bit of stick for letting that one in. But your natural reaction as a goalkeeper is to dive with your hand. Um, and when it's close to your foot, it's an unusual position to get yourself into. By the time you've realised that you should use your foot, it's too late and the, the the ball's gone in. So I'll give the goalkeeper that. But you know, that was a great move, a great ball by Nuskin as well into Aggie Beaver Jones. But that's what you get with Aggie uh, in the team on that win.
2: Yeah, um, something I noticed on on Saturday, she was sort of over our side more. Normally, she's sort of put on over on the left, so we we miss it at Kings Meadow. But just don't realise how good a player she is. Didn't and obviously I know her and I've seen her, but seeing her that close, her touches, her pace, just so skillful. I sort of messaged one of the guys earlier on, and we really, really are so lucky that we get to watch the players that we get to watch week in, week out because they are all superb.
0: Yeah, I mean, so it's a, it's a different option, isn't it? You know, you've got Chankovic, uh, Kirby, James, Wrighton, players that love the balls with their feet and that's where they make their magic. Uh, but now we're seeing with Aggie and even more so with uh, Johannes and Camrid. they want to get the ball behind the defender and make their runs onto it um, with their pace, and just gives Chelsea different options in attack, and it worked well for us uh, this time, using both of those methods, you know, one with Aggie running through and the second with Kankovic, using the ball at her feet to fall the defender and put a great cross in.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were at that end of the ground, um, so we got to see both of those headers um, up close and personal, so to speak, as close as you could get because you've got a huge, great running track between uh, between the crowd and, and the pitch at Paris. Um, but, yeah, both of them were brilliant. I think Aggie was probably just offside when she received the ball, but it was a fantastic run. Um, and to have the knowledge that Kankovic was in the position she was in, she didn't just a lot of players would just got the ball there and just crossed it into the box, regardless of who was in there or what was in there. But she was aware that Kankovic was behind her in that space. And to have that awareness at that age of player that she's not played any games with or few games with knowing that that's what she would do, that that level of football intelligence, as as Simon says, we're so lucky to get to see it game in game out. And then when you, you put the skill level of Lauren in on top of that, and it's like, Oh, wow, (laughs) never stop. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, she's definitely benefiting from some great coaching, as we've seen, uh, through the years. Um, we'll just go through the goals uh, because I watched this game, and then today I was like, "What happened in this match?" You know, she didn't take none of it in, and I don't know if that was because we was already through, and it meant nothing, or because it was on YouTube, and I'm distracted by other things. But um, the third obviously. Simon, coming from Guru and, uh a mix-up at the Paris uh, defence. Um, we spoke about after the Madrid game, you know, where she scored a penalty, gaining that confidence. Um, she was much improved versus Brighton. Uh, and another goal here. And hopefully we're going to start seeing, you know, Guru that we, we see last season and at the start of this one before that injury.
2: Yeah, hopefully. Um out for quite a while, wasn't she? So sort of confidence and, and match fitness and things like that are all playing a part. Hopefully she's she's getting back to the old guru. Um strange when she was injured we'd sort of we didn't really miss her did we? But yeah, I mean she she's got a play, hasn't she? Fantastic. Little snap finish as well, wasn't it, at the edge of the box. I was the same as you really sort of took my eye off the ball and whether it's the kids sort of distracting you and things like that.
0: Yeah, I think this just you can rewind it so you think, oh, I don't matter if I do a mistake; I can just go back. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't do that yes. when you're watching on other
1: platforms uh, <laughs> which takes it away from you I think. We can't rewind it at the game and we missed a couple of the goals as well because we were distracted talking <laughs> to each other so it wasn't just you guys on <laughs> watching it on TV.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think being there though gives you a better, better excuse because um, <laughs> there is more going on and I think that sort of really killed Paris-Sophie. Um, I believe they still could have gone through if they beat us, and the other result went their way. Um, but I guess they knew by then that not only will Madrid, I think, lose at that point, but 3-0 down to Chelsea. Um, yeah, you know, we're not
1: Arsenal. There is no way back. No. Um, as they say, beating Paris FC isn't for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I had... Well, had a couple of those chances gone in early doors, it would have been a different game anyway. But I think they stopped even taking shots at sort of like 3-0 down. They they just sort of tried to almost like just get the consolation goal. They were trying to draw the crowd up. A lot of the crowd started leaving when they scored their third goal. Um, and so when we scored our third goal. Um, so, yeah, it was it was an odd game because they seemed to be the better team in terms of chance creation. But we were so clinical with our chances and it just sort of knocked the steam out of them completely.
0: Yeah, then obviously that sort of allowed the game to play out, which obviously would have been pleasing for Emma Hayes, uh, given, you know, the fixture run does continue into February uh, pretty manically until uh, the break for Man City, after Man City, sorry. Um, and then Mary Mielder got on the score sheet, Simon, uh, making it 4 0. And, you know, I tweeted about, you know, her ability to just not play for ages, step into the team and look like she's been playing all season. Uh which I something I don't think we we take for granted too much. We should we shouldn't take for granted too much, sorry. You know, that she's able to do that and obviously she did it last season in the knockout phases. In again here out out of the cold and um, was one of our best players on the pitch for me.
2: Yeah, just so classy. Just classy as a player, classy as a person. Um we saw uh after one of the games coming out of King's Meadow last season and, and just immaculately dressed. I couldn't believe it. I said to Dylan and, and Vicky, God, she's she looked beautiful. Just a beautiful person, beautiful player. Steps in, scores a goal like she does, scores a last minute penalty if she has to. Just she'll be one of these players that we won't re- realise what we've got until she's gone.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I was saying the same thing on as I was walking out of the ground yesterday to, to one of the go, go, uh, people I was out there with. Um, we were saying that she's one of those players you need in the squad if you're going to win stuff. Because she can come in, she can do a job in centre-back, right-back, or even the centre of midfield. And she's not going to be spectacular, but she's not going to make a drastic error either. And you don't
0: win trophies without players like that in your squad. Yeah, I was going to say there's sort of you know a, a calming presence about her when she's on the pitch, and some of the game where Paris were attacking with uh, Buchanan can sometimes look a bit frantic, even though she probably is in control of the situation. Uh, whereas Marin always looks in control, and you don't, I don't think you need to worry at all uh, when she's in there. And obviously, she's not going to play every game. Uh, you know, Jess Carter and. Uh, Nathalie Bjorn look like they're going to form a strong partnership together while Mini Bright is out Um, but to call on players like her um, is obviously great for Emma and as as Sophie mentioned these are the squad members you need uh, that make the difference uh, when you look at teams like Manchester United perhaps um, who don't have that in their team Um, so I've wrote a bit of a a a cheeky question down Uh, the worst 4-0 of all time it wasn't
2: great was it? Seemed, I don't know what it was like live there, but it seemed really chaotic at times. Giving the ball away, there was that chance as well where um, it was Ingle. She seemed to give it away quite a bit last night, but she gave it to one of their players and they tried to chip Muzovic. But it was yards wide, and you think, oh, I I thought it was going to be a goal. But it it just seemed really chaotic. I made a great joke about that, isn't it?
1: That's how they play, and that's how they beat the teams they beat. They create chaos, and some teams can't handle it, and others can. And I think that's that's their the way they do it. They create chaos, and that generates chances. And last night they didn't put them away, and other games they have.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's their
0: tactics. Yeah, I suppose I asked the question because, as I mentioned, you know, I was getting distracted by other things. You're not paying full attention on the game, and maybe that takes away from it. And then, might have been different sophie in the in the ground, you know did it feel more comfortable, or was it sort of as Simon mentioned chaotic?
1: quite as chaotic as as, as I think simon was was mentioning. I think at two nil, we were a little bit calmer um but once the third goal in yeah it it was obvious it was it was game over at that point, even if they'd got one back, I don't think they would have got more than that back um and then the substitution sort of took the momentum out of the game, both theirs and ours, even more so. Um, And then Marin scoring the fourth goal, as I say, the crowd really started leaving then. There's sort of a few chants from our lot about, is there a fire drill? (laughs) Because they were leaving leaving so rapidly and in mass on mass. So, yeah, there, there was definitely a thought, it felt a bit chaotic. And that caused some of our players to sort of like lose the ball in situations. But equally, I think there were other players that really stood up and I don't think she'll get her her fair share of credit, but for me, the player of the match was actually Kadisha Buchanan because I thought she defended really well. You could tell she was used to playing against the team, obviously having five years in France, and I thought she defended them really well. Um, and that may be slightly controversial, but that's how I saw it, sort of, of at the game.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually do a player of the match, um, mainly because I wasn't fully concentrating on the match uh, to pick four players out. Uh, you know, Marin and Kankovic stood out for me. Buchanan as well had her moments. I mean, you know, Buffer mentions on Mixler that you know she makes him nervous every time she touches the ball, and I think a few people have that impression of her. Uh, I actually think with the ball is her best quality, um, the way she is with, with possession. But perhaps that was you know Paris's high press um, in the first half, especially. Um, Simon, did you have a player of the match?
2: Um... I was going to go Cuthbert, but she was on the bench. Yeah, um, one. yeah, not, yeah, um, Jankovic, I suppose, just for, for the crosses she put in and the way she came back after not playing to sort of slot into the team so easily. Yeah, I think
0: Jankovic would have won any poll that I did do, but of course the players don't get nothing for it, so um, they shouldn't be worried that I didn't do one. Um, and so obviously another European away experience for you, just want to touch on that now. I mean, you've been away to a few places following the team. Um, obviously a lot closer to England than, than most, Paris, um, easy to get to, or in a sense easier to get to uh, than some other destinations. Um, how was the, How was the trip and the experience out there?
1: Pretty really good. Um Eurostar, super easy, got on the train, uh, got off in Paris. I've done that trip before, so for me, in terms not to watch Chelsea but the Eurostar to Paris, so I kinda knew where I was going when I got there. Uh we booked an apartment that we um that there was sort of like five of us on the first night and seven of us on the second night. So that was pretty cool. Um the game itself the experience isn't the best i've had in europe um it's not the worst either but it's not the best the stadium was rubbish a big concrete block miles away from the miles away from the the pitch um we were we were sort of sent in one entrance and had to walk all the way around the stadium and then back out the stadium and back in the stadium again to get to where we were there was no signage for where we were supposed to be um and very uniquely for a women's game, we were held in for fifteen minutes at the end of the game.
0: <laughs> is, that, um, is there a fire duel chanting they thought it was all gonna kick off? Or <laughs> well, they seen the no. videos after the um the Real Madrid game where it kicked off on the Fulham Road after Liverpool left Fulham uh, at the same time. Um but also I hate netting at football should be yes. bad. Yeah,
1: like definitely. That. I mean I mean to be fair, we 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 sounded like we were making noise where we were, but whether that came across on the telly and into the rest of the crowd, I don't know, because there weren't a huge amount of us. But we felt, it felt like we didn't stop singing for the whole game. But I said, I don't know how that came across on on telly. Uh,
0: I'll go to Simon for that, because my my volume down quite
2: a lot. Um, You could hear Basil's Gazoo, that's for sure, (laughs) to begin with. And I thought the, uh, the little girl from the Brighton game was there to begin with. Um, could you hear it? I don't think you could really. No, no. But I found you know the commentary. Back at school. No, when they scored, you heard the cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kept panning round as well, and you could see everyone in the crowd, in the, the section there, yeah.
1: Yeah, Basil was his usual noisy self, which is always great to have around, especially when there's not many of you, so.
2: Yeah, the...
0: It does help, I suppose. Um, so, we, obviously, we are through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Um, I, I We'll do a best-case, worst-case uh, with the potential options, which are uh, Benfica, uh, Bran and Ajax. Um, Sophie, who do you want? Do you, who don't you want?
1: So, for travel purposes, I want Bran because I want to go to Norway and Bergen because it looks absolutely beautiful. Um. But to be honest, I don't really mind any of those teams. If we want to win a Champions League, we should be beating all three of those teams easily. Or not easily, that sounds very arrogant, but we should be able to beat all three of those teams.
0: Yeah, well, we played Benfica on the route to the final. uh, absolutely destroyed them. Um, Yeah,
1: they're a very different team now, though. I think they're a much much better team now.
0: Uh, Ran are managed by the ex-Man United assistant manager, Um, who did very well to get out of their group. Uh don't know much about Ajax, but obviously the Dutch um, are pretty handy at football, uh, as we know.
1: Haven't uh, they got one of the wonder kids of Dutch football? Is it Romy Leuchter? Rom- 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 is she at Ajax? I know Esme Brutz has gone to Barcelona now. I don't know if it's her that's there. I think they've got someone like that anyway. Might be worth playing Ajax then, uh, so we can get a, a close look at, at her. Um, She's a, it's a nice easy trip as well Ajax it's um, Amsterdam's a great city to visit and again just hop on the Eurostar so if anyone's if we do get Ajax anyone's thinking you doing a, a European trip for making it a first one then that's a good one to do
0: yeah although well, you do need a passport which is my problem at the moment um, Simon how about you who do what would your
2: pick be um yeah we've got to play these teams haven't we if we want to win it and I think it's written in the stars that we will win it this year. So, whoever, we're going to beat, beat them.
0: Yeah, and obviously, you know, after the quarterfinal, final you get the semi-final, you would expect that the four group winners are there, which are Paris, Saint-Germain, Lyon and Barcelona. Um, same same attitude, Simon? Beat anyone?
2: Yeah. Or we avoid the teams. Just hope that somebody else knocks Barcelona out. Really confident until it comes to Barcelona.
0: Yeah, I mean for me, Sophie, I think you want PSG and then Leon to play Barcelona uh, is probably the best possible route. Uh, I don't know when the draw is, but they do do both at the same time, don't they?
1: Yeah, draws Tuesday. And I think they did both at the same time last year. Yes, yeah, so hopefully this year we'll we'll know our path because we knew early last year that has to beat Leon and Barcelona to get to the final. So. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think we do have to beat at least one of Barcelona and or Leon to win the title. To win it, I think, um, unless something goes drastically wrong for either of those two teams. Um, but yeah, I guess you don't want to meet them in the semi final, as you've said before, Dean. It's it's easier to beat them over one leg than it is over two, uh, home and away. So I'd rather avoid them in the semi final. I must I must be honest. If if we beat whoever we play in the quarterfinals. My football pessimism is coming out again.
0: Yeah, I will wait for Tuesday before I decide to renew my passport or not, whether I need it in May. Um, and I don't know what it takes. Maybe I need to do it now. Um, we'll see. Um, obviously, I've mentioned earlier today is the end of the transfer window. Uh, we mentioned Keris Brown going to Watford. You know, hopefully she gets some good minutes there, but We've also confirmed Simon that Jesse Fembel has gone. I know we've mentioned this before on the show, but uh, worth well, touching on again officially now. Uh, moving to the Portland Thorns, uh in the NWSL.
2: Yeah, yeah. Sad, really. Um, just as a person, she was lovely. Um, met her a couple of times and always had time for the fans. Probably never saw her her true playing ability. At Chelsea, um, somebody said the other day about the Olympics, not playing too much, wants to get back in the Olympic squads. Um, I don't know, a bit of homesickness as well, maybe plays a part for her going back. But just wish her the best of luck. Fantastic player who we never really got to see properly, did we? Yeah, I mean,
0: definitely so all the players sort of. On social media today, you know, posting goodbyes, obviously a very popular member of the squad, Uh, but as as Simon mentioned, probably not, you know, a perfect fit for an Emma Hayes team. Uh, For me, you know, she needs to play in in a free midfield to see the best out of her. She wasn't quite a 10, wasn't quite a 6, and as as Simon mentioned, you know, that playing time at the end starts to show when you expect her to kick on that next level, she's not getting picked, and you know, Portland have made a fantastic offer for her that obviously she can't refuse and the club can't refuse either. So although it's sad, you know, hopefully she has a fantastic time out in America.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple of things. I think we saw the best of Jesse Fleming under Emma when we pressed high from the front and Jesse was involved in that because she was a very effective counter-presser, I think. Um, she'd win the ball high. There's a few games where we've created goals because she's win- she's won the ball high up the pitch. And Emma has continually stated this season they're looking for a more controlled style of possession. And I'm not sure that that plays to Jessie's strengths. Um, so I think it makes sense for all concerned. I think the opportunity for her to play alongside Christine Sinclair for one year um, probably was a big factor as well. Uh, alongside Janine Becky, who apparently is her best friend in football, or Canadian best friend in football. Um, I also love the post she put out because I knew numbers twenty-one. So she said taking a bit of Neve Charles and Panilla Harder with her, which I thought was really sweet. Um, but it shows the bond that these players have got as a team, that even when other when they leave to go to other teams, that they're still all absolutely wishing each other the best. And you just know that that if she's ever in London to watch football, she'll turn up at Stamford Bridge or King's Meadow and and, and enjoy watching the football as a Chelsea fan.
0: Yeah, we will miss Jessie on the pitch. We'll miss her, uh, racing to the sub bench to get the best seats on a sub bench as well. Uh, that's one of her favourite games, uh, and I will miss her. One of my favourite players in the in the squad. Uh, wish her all the best uh, as well. Uh, and now finally, just to make sense of you know the show's titles, like January Blues. Obviously, uh, the month started with Sam Kerr injuring her ACL and being out. Um, things looked pretty bleak. Uh, fast forward to today, Wednesday the 31st of January, uh, Chelsea have played five games, they've won five, they scored 15 goals, conceded three, uh, they're through to the fifth round of the FA Cup, they're through to the quarter final of the Champions League, and they are top of the WSL, um, injury aside, um, Sophie, pretty perfect, and um, you know, a great sign that Chelsea can manage without key players like Sam Kerr.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um I think Lauren James has really stepped up this month um, to score the hat-trick against United and obviously the two goals against Brighton. She's made a difference. She's really sort of stood up and been counted this month and her goals have made the difference in a number of games. Um, Erin Cuthbert has just been Erin, but a little bit more um, to to sort of stand up. Um, I think, again, I just think it says so much about the squad and how close they are as players that they can, they're all obviously distraught by Sam's injury, but they've just got on with it. And now it's it's not just for Emma, it's for Sam as well. Um, and yeah, the, the month couldn't have gone better, really. Um, let's hope February carries on in the same vein. And I think the signing of Myra Ramirez is just going to take us on that next level, as well as We've got to think that Kat Macario's to come into this squad. Micah hamano has got to come into this squad. Uh, Lauren James keeps playing the way she plays. We've got a improved confidence guru, and improved confidence Sam. Millie Bright's hopefully back sort of like after the international break. Um, things are looking rosy. I've probably just jinxed everything now, haven't I? I
0: thought he was a pessimist.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that through. Um, Simon, you know what a plan to be a Chelsea fan?
2: Brilliant. Isn't it? It's like I said earlier on, we are just so lucky. I tell the kids that all the time. Just watch these players because you don't realise how lucky you are. We'll sit back when I'm in the care home in a few years' time. I'll be sitting there telling everybody that I saw Lauren James play football. Yeah. Sort of going the,
1: the, back to the Real Madrid game, um, I was sat in the West Low and I had two gentlemen sat behind us um, who were Chelsea men's fans and that was their first Chelsea women's game and they were raving about Lauren James and some of the play they were seeing, so you've got people that are coming to their first games absolutely loving it and wanting to come back for more so hopefully we'll start getting those bigger crowds coming to Stanford Bridge again
0: Yeah, especially as Chelsea men are currently 2-0 down to Liverpool. Uh, in are the they pre- really? Yeah, um, getting those notifications through um, makes me glad uh, that I focus my attention uh, on the women's team. Maybe you should too. Um, and speaking of January, there is a player of the month poll happening right now. Uh, at Kingsman Chronicles Twitter pages at CFCW Fanzine. Uh Lauren James currently winning with sixty-two percent of the vote ahead of Copper on thirty, Hannah Hampton on six percent, and Ashley Lawrence uh on two percent. So if you want to vote in that, make sure you head to at CSCW um uh, and cast your vote. Uh sadly that is all we're gonna have time for tonight. Um Sophie thank you for you know obviously coming back from Paris and coming straight on the show is much appreciated.
1: No problem at all. I enjoy doing it. Um yeah it's it's good fun. Um good to talk to you Simon good to talk to you Dean
0: yeah, absolutely. And I'll hopefully see you Sunday um, passing through the gate.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to the men's game at two and then heading down to Kings Meadow to do the the women's one at quarter to seven and then frantically trying to leg it back up north to get into work on Monday morning. So let's see how successful that is, shall we? Yeah,
2: well, hopefully at
0: least one of the teams turns up uh, for you. Um, no guarantees on the men, of course. Uh, and Simon, always a pleasure to see you um, even after, you know, Verity, uh, deafening me with the zigger zagga on
2: Saturday. She was, uh, God, she was on fire, on fire. Or yeah, I can't even blame Harry Bose for it because she she hadn't had any sweets up till that point. But yeah, pleasure to see you as always. Pleasure to see you as well. Sophie. hopefully, see you uh, see you Sunday.
0: Yeah, it's the away day mentality. It's, just, it's natural in some people. I think you know. it
2: yeah, I think it really is. But they're so different as well that Dylan will sort of take everything in and, and he's thinking about his dream team and, and what he can do to it and tactics and that, whereas Verity's just screaming and shouting at anything that will move. Yeah, Charlie was
0: said after, you know, she was crazy.
2: I said, yeah. yeah. She, to be fair, yeah. Get, get it
0: off of t- mum. Someone has to do the singing, uh, and very, right. very well, uh, with the zigzagger. Um, we'll be back uh next week, Tuesday, uh, I think is my wedding anniversary, but I've already said we're not doing nothing, um, so I might as well do a podcast. Um, it's been confirmed as the Wednesday, hasn't it? So, yeah, uh, to review Everton, uh, and then we'll be back after that Friday to look at the Ponty Cup game against Sunderland. Uh, with who? got no idea, but we'll find out uh, when we come to uh, who's available, I suppose, as always. Um, now, remember, you can uh, follow the show on social media at Meadow on Twitter, at Meadow on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Dean Mears, uh, Sophie is at Traveller74, and Simon is at Kingman Simon. Um, now, if you like what we do and you want to help support the show, do more content, then please uh, feel free to sign up as a Pat John member. Um, you get some Benefits such as you get to listen uh, first, so the podcast goes out there before anywhere else. It's ad free, um, and you get a sticker after three months, uh, which I don't have, so that's how rare they are. The link for that be in the description: is patreon.com forward slash Went to Kings uh, But thank you for listening. Until next time, from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying.